Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Positive Effects and Medical Connects. I'm so excited to have with me here today Dr. Nakai. She is the Senior Associate Dean of Equity, Diversity, Inclusion, and Partnership at the California University of Science and Medicine, and we're going to be discussing with her the recent book that she authored and published, um, her tips for pre-med students, and her experience in the field. So Dr. Nakai, please feel free to introduce yourself. Hi, happy to be here. Thank you for having me, Impura. I'm excited to join today and connect with pre-med students from uh, your listening base. I'm um, Sunny Nakai. I'm a first-generation college student. I originally grew up in Oregon and spent some time in Salt Lake City and Chicago before settling here in Southern California. I've been in medical education my whole career. I love it. I just fell in love with all of the amazing opportunities that we have to be socially engaged, and it's an educational environment um, that I adore. I love working with students and watching them grow and become amazing physicians. So awesome. really glad to be here. Thank you so much. And so Dr. Nakai, just to start with the first um, question, as we talked about your passion for changing the mindset of pre-med students to one centered around becoming the best physician they can and helping them gain inspiration and motivation is truly admirable. And I wanted to ask what inspired you to take this course of mentorship and what inspires you to continue working in the area of inspiring and mentoring pre-meds? Yeah, so I ended up working with a lot of, because I wasn't an undergraduate advisor, I've never been a pre-health advisor, I've always worked in preparation, pipeline, outreach, talent development type programs in the pre-med space. So I ended up working with a lot of students who didn't feel that they were well supported by the current structures at their universities or in the programs that they were in. So I worked with non-traditional students and career changers, with post-bac students, um, a lot of students of color, underrepresented students, women, and I just got to know them very well and, and heard their stories and over and over again they they judged themselves to not be strong applicants and I always had to sort of nudge them forward and say no you're you're great but they were using this very distorted um, yardstick to kind of judge their candidacy you know they're looking at all their peers and saying well I didn't do this and I didn't do that rather than um, really valuing the authentic learning and experiences that they brought to the table so as I worked with them and continued to see them be successful it really became apparent that I needed to do more to help pre-medical students understand exactly what schools are looking for and how to go about that preparation in a really authentic way yeah I, I really think the word authentic is really important I think even now a lot of pre-med students will do a lot of things that they're very passionate about but then when it comes time to talk about it in admission interviews and such they get very shy because they feel like it doesn't measure up to what other students have done and there's that constant comparison which kind of reduces the authenticity of the candidate which is really hard because I think it's all about you know putting yourself out there to go into a profession that speaks for you and so it can be really hard definitely. Um, And so you know in our second question kind of talking about you know there are a lot of areas of medicine that students need to kind of explore just to help bright, you know, broaden their perspectives about the field. And so do you have any suggestions that you think are non-traditional areas of medicine that students, especially in their undergraduate career, should consider exploring to get a better understanding of what the field of medicine really is? Do you have any suggestions? Yeah, I mean, I think a, a big aspect of medicine is service and, you know, working with people, working with patients, working with individuals in very vulnerable states. And so I think experiences that are valuable are ones where you have an opportunity to serve, uh, where you are uncomfortable, where aspects of your identity or your comfort are challenged and you have to reach across difference and learn to relate, communicate, and connect across difference. And so I did, I did put that in my book as something that I think is really important because 
every day as a, as a physician, those are the things that you'll that you'll be doing. Um, and I, I also think that it's about having a career where you're putting others first um, and the challenge of doing that while also caring for yourself has been at the forefront uh, for students and residents, faculty that I've worked with my entire career. So it's a, it's a very demanding career. I think the sooner you learn to care for yourself, but also, um, you know, have that really great connection with people. Yes. Yeah. Kind of that like raw exposure that, you know, students might not always get kind of jumping to certain volunteer activities, maybe like going beyond that and really understanding like underserved communities and where they need help and realizing the raw exposure that they're going to receive as a physician and kind of getting practice with that now as a student, I think is very important. Definitely. Um, and so, you well, know, yes, I have to say, I, I do think that students will um, be too inside the box when they think about the kinds of volunteer experiences to pursue. Like I have to volunteer at a hospital or I need to do something that's directly with like medical in the title but students do a lot of stuff with you know voter registration working with formerly incarcerated and returning citizens um, supporting foster care um, neighborhood safety neighborhood cleanup water you know water access I mean there's lots of ways to think about the structural components that inform people's health and that make them vulnerable that will be amazing experiences for the formation of someone as a physician so just you know volunteering at a hospital is not the only thing or, or working in a clinic or being a scribe these are not the only things that students can do to really prepare themselves for that role yeah I think even now we've just become even more aware of parts of like society that we have neglected in the past maybe not because we chose to but because we didn't quite understand it or we didn't fully expose ourselves to it but now we're learning as the time is like changing how important it is to invest ourselves in communities with voter registration or you know equity and education and all these really important aspects that we see are super important, even if our career doesn't pertain to it. It's still so important to stretch our career to those limits and really explore it. I can agree more. Um, and so, you know, I always like to say that the journey to working in healthcare is a pursuit of not only your academic growth, but also one of self-development. And so I wanted to ask, what would you say is one of the biggest misconceptions that students come across when trying to balance their school journey, but also self-care? I think students are in a hurry, and that's the biggest thing is um, they feel like they have to do it all at once. They feel like they have to do everything perfectly, uh, and that's not the case. So if you have a tough semester and you have to dial back on some other obligations, that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're not going to return to those things, but learning to successfully prioritize the demands that are in front of you uh, is important. So if you have to you know, go to some of the partners that you're volunteering with and say, look, I'm having a tough semester. I'm going to have to reduce my hours. You know, be upfront with folks about what you need and really learn to manage your time. A lot of students take longer than anticipated. Um, and I think the, the type A personality that medicine tends to attract, people have this sort of rigid timeline of sort of every single month by month planned out for like the next, you know, four years. And applying some flexibility and some self-compassion is going to be important as things come up. And there might be things along the way that you want to spend more time doing, right? That are, that are really great for preparation that just weren't in the original plan. So be open to that. Definitely. And I wanted to ask, do you feel as if the community that the pre-med kind of community has fostered can contribute to the kind of increased notion to be hurrying and sometimes force students to do what they don't feel like doing? Do you think that has something to do with the way the pre-med community over the years has become more, I would say, um, toxic to a student's work ethic than helpful? Would you say there is like some kind of connection there? 
um, with the community that pre-meds can kind of sometimes form, you know, not intentionally, but just kind of with the competitive nature of what pre-med is. Absolutely. I think there's always this competitive undercurrent with pre-med because people always feel that they're competing against each other. They bring this sort of individual and competition ethic, which I think we have to ask ourselves if competition really serves us here. I mean, there's a place in medicine uh, for everyone, you know, to bring their strengths. And I, I know physicians who work across an entire, you know, very diverse spectrum of practice from pathology and forensic pathology to community medicine, nuclear medicine. I mean, it just, it's, it's very vast. Um, and, and viewing your pre-med uh, counterparts as your future colleagues is hugely important, right? These are lifelong colleagues that are going to be journeying with you. So why would you behave in such a way um, that, that doesn't purport that we're a team, right? So um, I think keeping that collective mindset is a challenge, especially because there, you know, there's a lot of hype around competition and, um, you know, doing things perfectly and being the perfect applicant. Definitely. I completely agree. And so speaking of kind of working alongside medical school admissions and all that um, aspects of medical school, um, from your work working alongside medical school admission communities, what would you say is the most inspiring and important aspect of the medical school community that pre-med students should know when studying throughout their undergrad and preparing for medical school? I think maybe a comforting aspect that they might not realize just because of how hyper-competitive medical school might seem. I mean, you know, having been in admissions dean for four years and then working a lot with, very closely with admissions at Northwestern before I, you know, was a dean at Loyola, I think the community, you know, pre-meds feel very personally rejected when they're not successful. And I wish that, that students knew how much we valued them and were impressed by them and adored them, even if we don't accept them because we have constraints around the number of seats we have or a little bit of a, a, a mission fit issue. We might really think someone's amazing and they're just not that great of a fit for our institution. Or we might think this person has incredible potential we really want them to be successful. They're not quite there yet, but we want to encourage them. So I sometimes wish that, you know, students could be fly on the wall in committee discussions um, and know the encouragement, positivity, and compassion um, that the medical, you know, admissions community has uh, for them. And I tried to convey that in my book. I tried to convey uh, a sense of encouragement um, because, you know, very often, you know, committee members at Loyola would say, we, we would we would decide not to accept someone, but we would want to encourage them. And someone would say, "Who is going to tell this person that they, that there's these aspects that they need to attend to um, before they're ready?" Um, and as a dean, it was my commitment to my committee that I would do that. And so we did post app reviews. Um, you know, we did outreach to applicants to try to encourage them. But that's just sort of above and beyond what most schools have the capacity to do. Yes, so. definitely. Yeah, I think I, I you know when I've spoken with a bunch of medical students now, they've talked about how getting rejected from some schools and some of the best things they did was reach back out to that school and just ask them where they went wrong if there was something they needed to tend to and they actually got some amazing feedback back as what they said and so I definitely can see what you're saying where I think in that short period of time where medical students are writing applications and sitting for interviews they don't get to know the admissions office as much as they would like to and then there's that sense of like not feeling as if they were understood and that the rejection is taken way too personal where I definitely think that's not the case so I completely agree. 
Um, and so your recent publication, Pre-Med Prep, is an exciting book that outlines how pre-med students can change their mindset from one that's hyper-focused on the studying and prep of the journey to one that focuses a lot more on the importance and experience in the journey as a whole, and then using that academic and holistic understanding to become a successful physician. What was your inspiration to publish this book centered around this angle of understanding medicine? And if you could give my audience one piece of advice from the book, what would it be? So my inspiration for the book was definitely students. Um, and the book is written with lots of vignettes around um, that are based on you know student stories and actual students that are physicians now or that I've journeyed with. Um, and I wanted to share their stories because those are the experiences that taught me what I know you know about this. And so the inspiration for this definitely came from students. And the more I you know started cultivating kind of a tips and advice sort of presentation, I found that I just didn't have enough time. I didn't have enough time to meet the students and to do advising as I became a dean and, you know, life got a lot busier with my own, you know, family and obligations and career. I wanted to sort of have, like, all of my advice in one place. Yes. <laughs> yes. For you. So, I guess, you know, there's lots of little, little tidbits of advice um, in the book, but I definitely think the one... Um, that, you know, one of my colleagues read the book and she's she's in substance abuse and isn't even pre-med and is a full-time mom of four kids and just said the piece of advice that stood out to her the most was to, to find something that you love and that you're great at and make the world better doing it. Mm-hmm. And that is sort of like the secret sauce um, for, for the book is that, you know, if you love baking, find a way to incorporate that into making people's lives better. Go and work at a, at a soup kitchen where you get to do that for people. Develop recipes to help people that are on specific diets, that have allergies, that have diabetes. You know, like you can find ways to incorporate your passion into serving others and making the world a better place. And that's really how to bring forward that authenticity into your application because it will be truly who you are and the things that you love. And then, of course, the bonus is that you make the world better doing mm-hmm. those things. Definitely. And would you say that that whole idea and mindset kind of translates to physicians as well once they start specializing in things, taking that passion and bringing that to the community, whether that's working alongside like nonprofits that support cancer research and then you're an oncologist and you transfer that passion. Would you say the same translation of passion to service is there uh, with physicians as well from their student years? Yeah, and I also think that, you know, the physicians that I know that are that are happy and grounded and that are, are loving their careers are, are physicians that have taken the rest of their passions with them. I'll give you an example. One of my um, former students is a trauma surgeon and loves quilting and has started at her hospital um, an opportunity for faculty and staff and folks to get together and they make quilts for uh, the the trauma patients and many of whom are not able to be saved, right? And it's a way to sort of have good closure. It's a way to put part of themselves into it. And these become uh, very special to families who leave the hospital with something to remember um, their loved one rather than, you know, help them through the grieving process. And so she's taken this talent and turned it into a place to build community for fellow healthcare providers, for the patients and for their families. And I, I just think it's just a beautiful thing. I have another uh, colleague who was a runner okay. and loved birds and mm-hmm. uh, was a cardiologist and tried to encourage fitness. And so she would uh, run with a group um, out of one of the back on your feet kind of halfway house shelters where basically like through running, they were trying to build the confidence of the residents, oh, wow. help them get you know past like depression and substance abuse through this running. And so they wake up really early in the morning 
and go running with this community that she really wanted to support and be a part of. And then as part of it, they would also rescue birds. So oh. in these downtown areas of the city, okay. they would sometimes find birds that flew into buildings. Oh. And I'm like, how would you have ever thought that you could combine like Those two. The, all of these loves and passions yeah. into one thing? And that's you know, wonderful. she does this in the morning as part of her regular exercise. Oh gosh. As, as a part of, like, that's just, that is incredible. You know, and she's mm-hmm. a super happy, giving, connected person right right yeah I think that persona of people in the medicine field people don't know about it as much and they see like a healthcare worker when they see admissions person they just think oh this person is just all about admissions all about their work but there are so many different aspects to a physician that we don't know about and these incredible things they do from quilting to you know starting running bird saving programs it's it's incredible (laughs) truly it's honestly just something that's so fascinating for I think pre-med students to look at to know that we can still bring ourselves into the field that we want to go in definitely Um, and so I know that you were also as we talked about a senior associate dean for equity and inclusion and diversity and partnership at your university and so I wanted to ask what was your inspiration to go into this area of study and how has your experience in this area helped you understand the importance of diversity in medicine? I started off my career in diversity and as a very brand new college graduate um, became a program coordinator in a diversity and outreach office at medical school at University of Utah and I got to work with students. I got to work with um, K through 12 students as part of those outreach programs and really saw how important it was for uh, communities to have exposure to science and medicine in order to really put that into their hopes and dreams and, and things to aspire for. And then the importance of the cultural and language and connectivity and navigation skills that physicians from different backgrounds really bring. And so, um, you know, I, I eventually went into being a diversity director at Northwestern and then became an admissions team um, at Loyola University of Chicago and then did a, a stint and even to student affairs because I, I feel like diversity has been a part of all of those various roles with the world being um, as in turmoil as it's been I felt a very strong call back to diversity and equity and inclusion and was happy to take that position at, at California University of Science and Medicine I I think part of why it's so important to me is the very the very essence of medicine is connecting across difference and being able to be there for people in the most vulnerable moments, which means, you know, understanding who we are and incorporating anti-racist practice and anti-oppressive practice um, into our mindsets and our personal learning and our and our commitments. And so it comes for me in two places. One, making sure that the the workforce is diverse and that the experiences that students of color and women and um, LGBT and, you know, first gen, like that we have, you know, folks who are underrepresented in specific ways that they have supportive um, and inclusive experiences as part of their training, which is a challenge because Mm -hmm. medicine is not a house that was built by those folks, right? And um, so it's workforce issues, um, workplace, what does it feel like to be in a medical school and how can we safeguard that to be a culture? And then the outcomes, you know, the folks that we serve, the patients that we serve, they get excellent care. So diversity is the sort of a thread that kind of ties all of those things together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my I, my sort of one sentence life mission is access to equity in healthcare and medicine. Like mm-hmm. that's just yes. what I what I've dedicated my life to. So mm-hmm. um, I love, you know, being part of DEI and I'm working now on a lot of structures for mm-hmm. my own institution mm-hmm. to safeguard our culture um, and make sure that we can attract 
students who will fulfill the mission of our university. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I was just wondering if you have any advice for students like myself and students in general, we want, who want to work alongside underserved communities and address opportunity gaps, but they feel as if it's too out of their experience. They feel like they're too young, that their voices might not be heard. Do you have any advice for students like that who are trying their best to kind of work alongside, especially the movements that are happening right now, but are maybe a little intimidated by where to start and don't know how to progress from there? Yeah, I would say um, I learned a lot when I was doing my, my social work degree. And I think if you if you want to serve, then the first step is to really listen and to put yourself in proximity to the populations that you're hoping to partner with and begin by listening and asking, what can you do? Like, you know, I can serve food. I can pick up garbage. I can edit someone's resume, right? So rather than thinking about our accomplishments as our resume, our resume for the community should be the things that we are willing to do. Um, and, you know, medicine, I think we're particularly guilty of serving in the way that we want to serve, right? I say serving in a way that serves us, right? Well, I need this on my resume, so I will serve and I will start these things for you because this is what works for me. Yes. Rather than asking our communities and the populations that we, in fact, really want to get to know, what what do you need from me? And what do I need to know to be a, a good partner in this space? And so um, partnership is part of my title for a very intentional reason, because I think learning how to be a good partner um, in community, professionally, interprofessionally, is, is really key to the success of increasing equity. Definitely. Thank you so much, Dr. Nakai. And so thank you for also just a wonderful podcast episode session, giving us wonderful advice that was so eloquently spoken and just telling us how we can be the best candidates we can be by also staying very true to ourselves. And so if you have any overarching advice that you would like to give to my audience that you think is something that you want to convey to every single student out there, please definitely feel free to share it now. I, I do want to say that medicine belongs to the people, right? It always has. And the structures of medicine have not always been designed to be inclusive or to recognize the strengths that folks bring. But if you feel called to medicine, then don't give up and, and keep going and honor your own journey and, and figure out how to make it work and just know that there are a lot of folks out there like me and many of my colleagues who are, who are supportive and who want to see you be successful um, and, and happy in this career and contributing to the, the goals and missions that our institutions have set forth. Thank you so much, Dr. Nakai. And I hope that you guys enjoyed this incredible episode. It was filled with amazing advice and just really making sure that we all tune into the part of medicine that we might not really realize or we push to the side a lot, which is you and how you want to be in medicine. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, it was incredible and filled with so much wonderful advice and stay tuned for more episodes. Thank you guys. Bye.